Oh my God. Gina, are you okay? You guys, hold, hold, please. One second. Hold. Oh my God. Oh my God. Gina. Dogs just throw up. They it's do? Like, it's like their favorite. Yeah. I thought that was a cat thing. We're here. We made it. Construction in the place I rented next door. So that's fun for me. (laughs) And maybe for you guys, as you listen to me trying to do my best, still trying to figure it all out. I'm Busy Phillips. I'm joined by Shantira Jackson. Hello. Hi. How are you doing, Casey? Oh, I mean, (laughs) it's not, it's, it's not been the best, and I'm not doing my best. How about you, Shantira? Well, wait, uh, stop. You just, that was a real fucking. <laughs> well, I go mean, go back. That's a blanket. That's a blanket statement. To I mean, I think that we're all, it's been, it's been a rough one. It's been mm-hmm. a rough yeah. one. Yeah. I'm tired of spending my money on all of this, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. I'm tired of donating all my money. I'm tired of having to mm-hmm. save democracy because of white supremacy. Mm. Truly. Yeah. I, yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what I felt like this morning. Every two minutes, every poor person I know it's giving their unemployment money. Uh, everybody I know is like, I have $50, but I'm going to give 45 to split between every democratic Senate race. And I'm like, this sucks. So, like, I um, am going to keep doing it, but I think that that is where I'm at. <laughs> so, I I had a very similar reaction on to you, but I also just had, like, a very different reaction than a lot of the reactions I saw on Instagram, Twitter, and what the internet on Friday night. Um, I found out that you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away like most of us found out on Friday (sighs) evening. And I screamed, screamed out loud. And I was just like, I don't, I don't, it's over. Like it's over. And we have, and that's it. And I didn't have like, oh my God, Gina just threw up. Oh my God, Gina, are you okay? You guys, hold, hold, please. One second. Hold. Oh, yes. my God. Sure. Oh, my God. Gina. Dogs just throw up. They it's do? Like, it's like their favorite. Yeah. I thought that was a cat thing. This is my fault. This is my fault. I, I uh, was making food for Cricket for lunch, and I was making broccoli, and she kind of, like, jumped up. Gina, like, jumped up, and she took, like, one of the big stalks of broccoli that I had cut. Um... Dogs like broccoli, though. Well, it was raw. It wasn't cooked. Oh. And she ate the whole thing, and now she just threw up the whole thing. That's really gross. Um, Okay. Well, back to our story here today, guys. We're all doing our best. I didn't have the reaction of, like, tonight we mourn, tomorrow we fight. I was like, I'm fucking done. We can't... There's no more fighting. And also... And also the time for fighting is not tomorrow. It was four fucking years ago. Yeah. It was seven fucking years ago. It was 20 fucking years ago. And like, look, full 
responsibility taken on a lot of like not showing up 20 years ago, or what, you know, 20 years ago, my early 20s, in, in a lot of ways, I was like a passive participant in politics. And I, you know, whatever, I did the best I could, you know, yeah. and I tried. But now I just feel like, what are we supposed to fucking do? You're right. We can't give any more fucking money. We can't like we show can't give up any money to it, any more marches. It feels like the people, truly, the people are giving money. The people are in the streets. I do not feel represented. I do not feel like the rep. I feel like the Republican Party will do anything to push their agenda. And right now, I feel like the Democratic Party is so so rooted in niceties that we're going, I'm going to die. That's how I feel. I'm like, no more when they go low, we go high. I'm so fucking tired of, I'm tired of paying for, I didn't do this. (laughs) I didn't do it. That's where I'm at. I'm a black queer woman from Florida and I didn't fucking do it. And I told everybody and we told everybody, but like, Something has to change. I don't but know what also, else to do. <laughs> can I also just can I also though just say just I am older than you. Yeah. And this is unprecedented. And what's happened is that like the game has totally changed and the Democrats are still trying to play the same fucking game. Yeah, they're and trying to be nice. <laughs> I had my Zoom call, confidential Zoom call with my because I'm on the council for Center for Reproductive Rights yesterday on the Creative Council. And and it was like, it was really upsetting to hear from the people from Center for Reproductive Rights and how like, normally I can get a sense of like, well, we've got this and then we have this and we have this because they're lawyers and they like, they meet things. That's what they do is that they work for reproductive, reproductive justice, not just in the United States, but around the world by, by passing legislation, by fighting, uh, unconstitutional laws here in the States, by going to the Supreme court. And, uh, and normally I can get like a sense of, of relief from listening to their, uh, you know, educators, like they're, they're, they're experts. And yesterday (laughs) she was like, this is bad. I don't know. This is just bad. Well, and, I'm, I mean, and we're scared. When Trump was elected, my grandma, Louise, was born in 1943. I called I her. Louise. Grandma Louise. I called <laughs> Grandma Louise. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel surprised. I don't feel... Um, I always say I'm like always disappointed, but never surprised. I'm never surprised by white supremacy. I'm not surprised that these people are evil. I am surprised it took this long for people that I know to believe us. That is the surprise for me. I think there's, you know, there's just a huge problem. People talk about the two Americas. And it's been a long time since we were so divided and not just divided, but polarized. Like that doesn't, you know, it, that means that we're very far apart on what we believe. And, you know, so we're standing here saying like, but they're being hypocritical and they're not holding true to their word. And you're right. That's not surprising. And they don't, they don't care, you know, that, right. that they're not 
upholding something that they claimed to uphold just three years ago. Right. So, the- they, so it's not a surprise. No. Um, and, and that's very frustrating for me because one, two things that I really hate are gaslighting and I really despise hypocrisy. I yes. just do. Like I will have so much respect for you if you say something and you stand by it and you own it. But the minute that you start to equivocate and you know, just adjust your agenda, then that's very frustrating for me because there is no fighting fair against it. You know, when someone constantly moves the goalposts on you, constantly gaslights you and tells you the thing that you know to be true isn't true, then it's very frustrating. Did you guys watch The Social Dilemma? Yes, I did. I, I mean, I didn't watch it. it. it it's really good. It's very you interesting. Should re- you should really I watch should. it. It's very like it applies to politics, but it also just applies to so much more. And like, especially having kids and like some of the stats that they were trotting out about how much more common it is for like um, girl, like young preteen girls on social media to be depressed and suicidal and like cut themselves has gone up by like over a hundred percent, over a hundred percent just since the invention of social media. And it's like, you know, I'm in this place where I'm like, social media has given me a lot. Like I think that social media is giving, given me a lot and a lot of gifts. Like I wouldn't, I would probably wouldn't know you guys if it weren't for social media, but then I'm like, am I not paying attention to like what it's taken from me? you know, or, or what it's like taken from us as a whole. But I think like politically, like it has really fucked us. It has no, really yeah. fucked us. Fucked us. But so one hard. of the things about the social dilemma that was so interesting too, is that um, one of the guys who like invented the like button on Facebook, it was so interesting to to listen to him. He's just like this young fucking engineer. And he's like, I thought it'd be cool that if you put a picture of your baby up, your friends from across the country could see it. And we were like, wouldn't it be neat if they could just like it? And he was like, I didn't know a bunch of girls would try to hurt themselves. You know, it's one of those right. things where we need people who are open to change, open to regulation, and not just open to how much money can we get off the backs of people. One of the, the things in there that really stuck with me was that um, the drug industry and social media are the only times where the people who use them are called users and not like uh, clients or customers. And it was yeah. like, if you are a user, that means that you are the product. So if right. it's for free, then guess who the product is? It's it's you. They're selling you. And I was like, holy shit. And I think that that is something that when and if we get out of this sooner, hopefully than later, that we can really look into like how we can help people right. <laughs> navigate these inventions. Right. It's, it's like when cars came out, there were no seatbelts and they were like, we didn't think about that. And then a bunch of people fucking died. Right. <laughs> then we had to get some regulations. Well, and then the thing that we have to remember, too, is that, you know, people railed against seatbelts at the time. Mm-hmm. This isn't even the first anti-mask movement. There was a movement before with the, the flu pandemic, um, you know, 19, or yeah. whatever. You know, flu? Yeah. Flu? Where yeah. and where people were like, we're not wearing masks, and you know, RIP those people, you know. Um, so I just try to keep reminding myself that these people that disagree so wholly with everything that I firmly believe in my heart to be right and moral and good also think that they are doing what is best for our yeah. country and for each other, and they think that what they are putting forth 
forth is right and moral and good. And so, you know, if we can have a conversation about that, great. Right. Except I think that like one part is missing. That's what I feel like the difference is between when I was talking to my therapist, what's up Lita, um, about Bush and the Bush administration and the Republicans that were like, you know, into him at the time and what we're dealing with now. And to tie it all to the fucking Nexium documentary, (laughs) what I think we've seen is a giant group of people in this country that have been indoctrinated and fucking brainwashed through many different ways, but the internet being one of them, obviously, the gaslighting of a I mean, I don't even fucking know why people think he's charismatic, but I guess these people that love him just fucking love You're him. You're not a racist, Busy. Well, also, <laughs> also, also, uh, also, though, look at Keith Rainier or whatever. Who wants to fuck that guy? Apparently, he could get you to, con- he could convince you that you wanted to fuck him. You Listen, know what I mean? Here's the, here's the truth. Like, we work in an industry where, like, how many times have you seen someone who's, like, a, a major celebrity you know, go on a talk show and talk about like, oh, you know, when I was a kid, I was like the class clown and I was a real problem or whatever. And then you are actually like thinking in your head, like I have met that person in real life. And not only were they like a bratty kid, they're also like a real fucking jerk now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like people, when you don't have close proximity to that, you find it very charismatic because you're like, oh, he tells it like it is and he's kind of funny and, you know, and he loves to troll people. And so what they said in in this the social dilemma documentary is that like, if there is no truth, if we're not beholden to like actual scientific or numeric truth, then th- yeah, we're in big trouble. There is- Wait, I've been saying that myself. Yeah. When truth ceases to be- the truth, then what the fuck do are we left with? Right. And it's and it's like then it's just everyone for themselves and for their own imaginations. And like, you know, QAnon can just be, you know, Tom Hanks and whoever else that wants me and whoever else they need to like decide they want to drag into some monster story as opposed to like looking at the reality of what where the cracks are in the system and where the people are being left behind and how we can like actually help others yeah. in this, yeah. in this country. I I am very interested to just see where we go from here because uh, I think that goodness is the majority I do think that we are being led by a very specific power hungry minority, which often is how, you know, (laughs) uh, tyrants (laughs) get to where they are. I think that they really are testing it. I think that that I think that a lot of the point of all this is to exhaust us and confuse us. And um and it is exhausting and confusing. And by the way, like we've been lucky. Like there's a lot of people that have been exhausted and confused for a hundred years. You know what I mean? Like there are people that have been held down 
and, you know, barely allowed to breathe for so, so long. And I don't want people to be discouraged because I don't want people to be like, fuck it. It's not even worth like putting on my mask to go out to vote because you know what I mean? Like, it's like if someone's holding your head underwater, you fight until you can't fight anymore. Right. You know, we have to show up. But then also I just want to do what I can on like a personal basis to be good and kind to the people in my immediate area because, you know, like what else is there? Like we have fucking limited time in this country and on this earth, you know? And so like, what else am I going to do besides go forward and be like, Hey, are you hungry? Are you cold? Do you need a kind word? I don't know what else I can do, but just keep, being a one, good person. <laughs> one foot in front of the other and doing everything that I can and still like keeping myself and my people alive. I think for me, one thing too, I think I really, really want to like drive home. Also like my therapist, shout out to Carla. Uh, it's okay to be fucking furious. It is perfectly fine to have fury. I am not letting myself be like, okay, well, oh, don't be mad and just like try to be good. And nah, I'm mad as fuck, yeah. but I am going to do something. Does the system need to change? 150 fucking percent. Should, because the system needs to change, does that mean that you don't show up? No, No. you have to show up because burning it to the ground and like making all of these changes and making sure that we can have power only works if we're all sort of if we all are participatory in as many ways as we can be. Because also like, listen, guys, here's an option. Here's a fucking option, which at this point doesn't seem too far off. So so let's say Biden-Harris landslide victory and Trump's like, everything's been rigged. It's not, I'm not leaving. We'll leave it up to my new Supreme Court to decide. Then what happens? What fucking happens? Does the military have to go in and forcibly remove this motherfucker? Like, maybe, maybe that fucking happens. And it's wild and the craziest thing that's happened in our country's government in however many years. If they don't have that landslide victory vote to point to... I don't know. I I literally don't know what's going to happen. Because if we replay, if we have a redo of Hillary, if we have a redo of Al Gore and it's down to like four fucking dangling chads from fucking Florida, you better believe that motherfucker is not leaving for the next 10 years. Yeah. He's in. That's it. Anyway, that's my rant. It's, I mean, it's really difficult because of the way that politics works, um, the way that how many, how many elections you get to vote in, in your lifetime. It's that we're constantly on a learning curve. It just seems like people cycle in and out of their voting life without ever learning a lot of really important lessons that, you know, that we need to learn. I've learned so much. I've learned how important down ballot shit is. I've learned, I had no idea when I was a young person in my early 20s voting, how important the LA City Council was, how important like making sure that, that, you know, the people that are in control of making the boundaries that then essentially control gerrymandering that then essentially can make entire districts turn one color or another. By design, we were made ignorant. I went to one of the top 100 high schools in America when I was in high school And I can tell you right now, 
I did not learn half of the shit that happened in history that I should have known. You know what I mean? And I think that that's by design. And um, even if you go back in American history and you see like, we've always had the numbers for goodness. We've always had the numbers for what is right. We've always had the numbers Mm -hmm. to take care of people. We had so many numbers that they made black people three fifths of a person so that they could win the vote. You know what I mean? That's right. So like there is absolutely no reason for you to believe that the people that we see in charge are the majority. From the beginning of all of this entire experiment, we've always had the numbers for goodness. So I think that that is something to remember. We've always had the numbers for goodness. We've always had the numbers. That literally almost is going to make me cry right now. (laughs) We do have a, a morally corrupt system, but the number of people who are moral far outweigh the number of people who are in charge right now. Okay. And by the way, like being moral is that is being able to disagree with someone without needing to destroy them and wipe their way of life off the earth. You can, something cannot be for you and you can live your life never touching that thing without needing to watch someone be utterly destroyed because they believe something or live a life that's different from if yours. If you like eggplant parmesan, go for it, but I'll never touch it. Exactly. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. It, you guys, you know, we're probably preaching to the to the to the, to the choir, choir here. People yeah. People just need to know that they're not alone in their yeah. fury. Yes. So, and we'll I was going to say, have you guys have you guys seen the the video by this rapper Yellow Pain yes. called My Vote Don't Count? Yes. If you are confused by any of this and any of the things that we've been saying, that is like it's like a modern schoolhouse rock. It's gone super viral. Um, but as we learned in this social dilemma, like maybe your algorithm is hiding that from you because for whatever reason, it thinks that you don't need to or don't want to see it. So look it up. Yeah, his name's Yellow Pain and it's Y-E-L-L-O, no W. Yes. Listen, go. we're just gonna we're gonna have to link this. Uh, yes, on it's our, really on good. Instas. Instas. Not so only good. is it informative, it is a true bop. Do you have one more thing to say? I was just going to say you guys both shouted out your therapist, so I should shout out my therapist as well. (laughs) Wait, who's your therapist? What? Fraser reruns. (laughs) Um, I was going to say on some on some on some good news. You know, Schitt's Creek did win all seven Emmys that they were nominated for. (laughs) That was excellent news. Excellent. I didn't watch the Emmys. I'm full disclosure. Well, here's the deal. Nobody wanted to watch them in my house. (laughs) So I was a bit on my own, much like Fantine. Um, And I just was like, well, it's not even, it's fine. I wanted to see it. I was curious. My mom texted me, Biz, you're on the Emmys. And then I was like, I don't even, I can't even, is it in memoriam? What is it? <laughs> RIP busy tonight. Um, still, five, 10 years later. Uh, but I did turn on the TV to get up an episode of SpongeBob. And I saw my old, old, old friend, Jeremy Strong, win for Succession, Succession. which was wild uh, because I've just known him legit forever through BFF Michelle Williams. (laughs) And in my, this is like such a wild thing, but like we, I called, we called him flower pot. (laughs) 
because that was what Michelle's daughter called him when she was like a baby. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't remember the origin story. But like in my head, I was like, oh my God, Flower Pot won an Emmy. Like I, like said it, I said it out loud. I was like, oh my God, Flower Pot won an Emmy. And I texted Michelle and she was like, oh my God, so exciting. Because um, she doesn't, you know, like have television. She lives like... Um, <laughs> She's a fairy. She's a fairy that lives in like, I was going to say, I was like, she lives in like a branch and twig. Um, (laughs) She is very petite. If you threw some wings on it, I believe it. (laughs) Someone like like pedals every day to like get the water boiling for soup or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you guys, I thought the Emmy, like whatever, that's great. I I love shits. You know, I love Shits Creek. I love what, um, I love what Dan uh, Levy said about um, how he was grateful that they were able to get given to be given the chance to have their numbers grow. Yes, they probably on any other network would have been Netflix would have canceled that. I saw a thing that like it was <laughs> like uh, Netflix loves Shit's Creek. If that was a Netflix show, two seasons tops, baby. Not they would have pulled, pulled six the episodes. Plug. Yeah. Shout out to Canada being nice. I mean, CBC really was like, we're going to keep this going. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Regina King for being <gasps> our queen. Uh, I best. love her. I want her to win everything. I want yeah, her to. She does win everything. I know, but like, I want her to like, you got. <laughs> she's like, going to win an Oscar. Again. I mean, she's won an Oscar. But yeah. She's going to win an Oscar this year for directing. Mark my little words. Oh my God. I would love it. I mean, like I'm obsessed with her winning and like, yeah. I always think about how, um, wait, the white people will be mad at me. What's the name of the lady from Seinfeld? <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. <laughs> I always feel like, uh, whenever she would be nominated, it'd be like, okay, so like she gonna get that. But now <laughs> I have that feeling about Regina King and it's like, cool. It'd be like that black lady. Gonna win. <laughs> yeah, I love Regina. She so, deserves Regina. it. She's amazing. And The Watchmen, if you haven't watched it because you're like, I'm not a sci-fi bitch or I'm not like a comic book bitch or whatever, just stop. Just watch it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's it's outstanding storytelling mm-hmm. that transcends, you know. You know I'm not a comic book bitch. Remember right. when, <laughs> and remember when, um, when Gina Davis was on Busy Tonight and I was like, I've never seen any of the Marvel movies except for the first one that was like, strong man and she's like iron man out of your mind like are you kidding you don't even know their names it's okay no i don't but watchmen is one of the greatest shows it's so so good and then zendaya won zendaya has an emmy (laughs) that was amazing that was incredible very Um, proud of her i've not watched euphoria because my son told us that we shouldn't that it's not for us uh, yeah, I, I, me neither. That's so funny. It's for young people. Yeah, I watched I'm it. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I'm like very sensitive. And then uh, I saw up to an episode where a girl like uh, like in the show, she's in high school and she was messaging to like meet a grown man. And then mm-hmm. I turned it off because I got mm-hmm. sad. I didn't want to yeah. see where it went. But yeah. I fully support her. So happy. <laughs> yeah. So I fully know she deserves it, even though I've never seen a second of Euphoria. I've been forbidden. Okay. Okay. Um, well, let's see. I just want to talk about some other things happening that people are talking about just so that we can all get through it all. Um, because it's a lot and I know we're, here's one thing I will say. It's great to feel 
the rage and sometimes it can be overwhelming and then it's okay to do what I did this morning and look at legit 40 minutes of People Magazine Star Tracks. <laughs> the duality, even the though, duality even though, of it all. Even though I'm like, to. definitely not, I like don't love a paparazzi moment personally. I don't love it for my friends or the people that I love or any celebrity. I think it's weird and creepy, but I just, today I was like, I'm just going to zone out unlike Shia LaBeouf jogging in LA and like all these other random pictures of like, and it's like interesting the celebrities that they pick. Do you know what I mean? Like who seems like who repeats in the things. It's always like Anne Hathaway, always. One time I was with you busy and some paparazzi like gave me his card and was like, He was like, do you remember this? We were walking and then he was like, just gave me his card. And he was like, he was like, if you just want to like, let me know, like when she's going to be somewhere, then I'll take like really nice pictures or whatever. And I was like, I feel I'm like, is this a threat that if we don't let you know, you'll take pictures anyway, but they won't be nice. Well, I did have that paparazzi photo of me a couple of weeks ago where I legit look six months pregnant. That wasn't great for me personally and my brain. Yeah. yeah. They're out here. Well, I also yeah. like, I also, you know what? I had two babies and I have the, I have stretchy skin in my stomach. And if I'm really breathing from my diaphragm, I can puff As that you sucker be. out. <laughs> and I can like just look pregnant. Um, well, anyway, also here's some other like gossip. I don't know, whatever pop culture stuff that we can, that we can talk about. Um, I guess Ellen returned. I didn't watch it. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I love that we're just like silence. Silence. Um, And she apologized, but not really. And like made jokes and like, don't look me in the eye. I don't know. She also made that. The thing that really got me was a joke of like, don't look me in the eye. It's like, don't do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that is a thing that it's like, I know that she's like, Wait. oh, it's a joke. But like, that is a thing that in the industry. Hollywood has, break. Yeah. yeah. I want to say this. Hollywood worked- break. Hollywood break. Uh, okay. Hollywood break. Truly. When you move to LA, <laughs> when you move to LA, there are two things that happen. People ask you where you live. And they tell you how parking is in that particular neighborhood. And then they tell you Ellen is mean. That is what happens oh when you move God. to LA. I was you not moved expecting to, the You move part. to LA and they go, where do you live? Where are you moving? You go, I go, I'm going to live in the Valley. And they go, oh my gosh, parking is great in the Valley. Ellen is mean. Or you'll be like, oh my gosh, where are you living? And you'll be like, Los Villas. The neighborhoods are so good. There's so much cute food there. Ellen is mean. That is what happens in LA. Oh, and then God, on Twitter, so funny. on Twitter, <laughs> somebody called it out. And then the entire America fucking found out about it but this is a hollywood break well-known secret in los angeles is that like people say that ellen is me so i didn't like that joke because i think it's rooted in truth i don't think i'm ever gonna get booked on ellen so i don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) here's what i'll say about all of it here's my hollywood break I, in my 20 plus years in this industry, um, i have actually worked with people who had a do not look at me uh if in their thing, you know, like not their contract or whatever, but you just were told and like any extra or any person under, you know, who's not the director or the first AD or like a pre decided person who's allowed to look at the person in the eye or talk to the person directly. No one else on set is allowed to speak to them. And it's, 
it's not always like you're like, oh, well, it's got to be like a huge superstar who just like needs to be like wants to focus and can't be bothered. It's not always that. It's almost (laughs) always never that. Like, in fact, my experience with like huge superstar people on set is the opposite of that. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like that they're very friendly and they want like the crew to feel like I'm just another person, you know. Um, But there's a lot of there are people, uh, you know, entertainers in this industry that like put a lot of stuff around what they do. And I don't know if it's like their own insecurities or like they're just, or they're just jerks or whatever. And like the Ellen stuff I think is very complicated because in a lot of ways, I think, you know, she got a real bummer of a deal early on in her career and yeah. she was and she was like put through the ringer and you know made like basically essentially like forced to come out and truly like, as a queer woman I'll take yeah. this as a queer woman I will yeah, never ever do. ever uh <laughs> I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna let them come for you busy uh as a queer yeah. woman I will fully 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 uh, give my gratitude for everything that she has done for queer women in the industry, what she has been through. Absolutely. There is no denying that she was the face of being queer in this industry and she got her fucking career railed for it. Now, I will say after making $300 million, yep. be nice to people. And I would just say that like after, you know, we talked about Casey's article that she wrote a couple weeks ago on the pod. Like I would say that after that kind of thing is exposed and you're the face of the show and the star of the show, like having a real moment maybe with yourself before you come on stage and really come to terms with your, your own culpability and like being as sort of honest as you can be only will help people be able to reconnect and move past it. But the gaslighting thing, which like Casey mentioned earlier is like her least favorite thing. I don't know. You watched it, Casey. I just read the recap and like looked at the quotes of what she said. Like, I feel like it's a little, it's not great to make a joke over something that people you know, that, that was, that is very serious, right? Like, yeah. I think, in- I think she's in a bad position because they conducted an investigation and, you know, all of this stuff, but she's still Ellen, you know what I mean? You know, she probably feels like she still has to maintain this persona and like give people some entertainment. Um, but it's like, is that the time for entertainment? I don't know. You know? And I think the people that, you know, as she said in it, she was like, if you're here, cause you love me, thank you. If you're here, cause you hate me, you know? I'm still getting paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Also, I want to say something else about the not looking people in the eye. I too have worked for some very famous people and um, I've had people say to me, why can't we look that person in the eye? And I'm like, no one ever said that. So it's also a thing, Hollywood break, that people sometimes just start a weird rumor about. Ooh, that's interesting. So I've been like, yeah, if there was like a rule about not looking this person in the eye, I would be the person that was making and distributing that rule and it doesn't exist. So wherever you heard that. I did work with someone that was like, actually like I saw mean to like extras. Oh, 
Oh my God, for sure. For Which sure. Is my and least favorite, my least favorite quality. Because extras yes. become, uh, I, everybody that I know, like besides the, the raging nepotism in this industry or any industry in America, in everything, uh, everybody who's like not nepotized it used to be a PA. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like yes. a PA or an extra. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mark did extra work his in between his first year and second year of film school uh, yeah. when he went to USC for grad school. Um, Can you because, see him in anything? <laughs> oh my God, guess what his like number one was that he what? was like hired all summer long, Dr. Quinn Medicine <gasps> Woman. Oh my God. Oh my God, is he like an old timey garb? Yes, and he would, and he like, he like had like, no, he was just like an old timey dude because he had long hair. Like one of the um, things about Mark that I'm just like very lucky that we didn't meet when he was in his early 20s because style-wise, I never would have been able to get past it. (laughs) He was like a hippie. Like he was like, he had like long curly hair and a beard. I love the beard, but like a lot, like a beard and long curly hair and he wore, and he like wore hippie clothes and like like Birkenstocks and like, like a hacky sack, maybe I don't know. I, the it was the nineties. Yeah, it I made it up. But but like you know, he looked like he'd be comfortable with a hacky sack at least yeah. in the pictures yeah. I've seen. So he got hired on Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman all summer, and like he was like for him. Look, my husband writes and and directs and like makes movies now and has for well over twenty years. And for him, it was as a person from totally outside of the industry going to film school, the only chance he had to be on a set. And, you know, he's, Jane Seymour was lovely. So (laughs) there's no, there's no story there, but I just mean like, yeah, people do, a lot of people do extra work because they want to, they're interested in the business. They want to learn. Actors, they want to learn. And like, yeah, it's not great to be mean to extras. When I was in college, my husband and I were extras in the film With Honors, starring Joe Pesci, um, Patrick Dempsey, and Brendan... Moira Kelly. Sorry. Right? Not Moira, Moira yeah. Kelly. I loved that movie. Um, but I just want to say that Brendan Fraser, who uh, was a guest on Busy Tonight, and we shared a little moment over this, was in the film, and he was so nice to me. We were in a scene together where uh, there was a chicken, and I was afraid of the chicken, and he was so nice to me, and he totally remembered it. That's so oh, nice. my God. That's cute. I don't it was have so cute. Nice. Um, yeah. So like, obviously the moral of the story is you should be nice to all extras and you should always let people look you in the eye. And even if you have heard that somebody says, don't look that person in the eye or talk to them, it could be a rumor. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On that note, I feel like we started the show. We like to say what we're doing our best at, but obviously we went a little off the rails because the weekend was wild. Our, well, the weekend was wild. We're not doing our best emotionally, any of us. If you are, I don't know what you're doing listening to this show, but I love you and I am sending you light that you like come to your senses at some point. Okay. Um, but so let's just do it. So Casey, what, okay, what did you do? We know that this was a hard week. This was a very hard, this has been a very hard, like four days, five days. What did you do your best at this week? I just made like a judgment call to just go into survival mode. And so survival mode for me is like, 
um, stop taking shit from anyone because people love to say like, I don't suffer any fools. I suffer a lot of fools. I will put (laughs) up with people's foolishness because I want to be nice to them. And, you know, and I'm always trying to like understand where they're coming from, but there's a point at which I stop. And so after RBG died and then we had a fucking earthquake the same night, I was like, Tomorrow when I wake up, I'm not suffering fools. And then the second thing that constitutes survival mode for me is like I just shut down all peripheral activities like cooking and cleaning. So I just got two deep dish pizzas and I was like, this is what my family is living off of for, you know, we're still eating the two deep dish pizzas. (laughs) Okay, that's great to know. And uh, you have some food that's going to be coming your way from me tonight. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to send your family a little... Maybe it's just a vegetable. We're testing chicken. There's vegetables on the pizzas. I mean, okay. Okay, okay. I I feel like I'm doing my best right now. I'm trying my best. I'm doing my best. At like, definitely this week, I've just been like leaning into the, the being open to any possibilities like uh, all over the all over the board all of them all the possibilities for my life for our collective lives for the future of this country for the future of where I'm gonna live for the future of anything you can think of I'm like I'm just gonna be fucking open that's number one but also I did take the girls upstate and um I have had some like good mom stuff since we left LA and that kind of like shifted. Oh no, I'm going to cry. Oh no, am I going to cry? It kind of shifted my perspective about like what I feel like has been missing in my kids' lives and what they maybe don't even know they need, which is to like be in nature a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And be away from screens, like you said. I have to watch that documentary. You're like the fifth person that's asked me if I watched it. And uh, and engaged in like non-consumerist activities. Because in LA, there are ways to be adventurous. And there are ways to be like one of those families that's like, we went up to Mount Baldy this weekend. And like, <laughs> we did this and we did that. And like, we went to the and just like had a day and there was nowhere to pee, but it was wonderful. You know, we are like not those fucking people. Like just, you got to know who you are, you know? Right. And so like so frequently in our weekends with our kids, you know, you don't get that many weekends with your children. You just don't. It's like, I don't even know what the number is. Somebody wrote a book. It's like 900, 900 weekends. It's 900. It's 900 weekends. Thank you, Casey. (laughs) So glad you're smart. This is why we work well together. Um, So yeah, so you have like 900 weekends until your kids like are out of of the house, right? And so frequently our weekends in LA, we would like try to like do something cultural. Like let's go to the skirball or let's go to the broad. And then there's like a huge line of people and it's like, you have to wait out. It's hot. And then there's the giant gift shop. And then like all it becomes about is like, when do we get to go to the gift shop? And like, but look at the art. And they're like, fuck you. I want like a pony stuffed animal or whatever. I don't know. You know? And so then, and then like at some point I'm just like, can we just go to the Grove? 
(laughs) Let's just go to the Grove. And like we can sit on the lawn and they can eat macaroons and then like they'll yell about like wanting to go to like, you know, Baby Gap. I don't even know. Or like a toy (laughs) store, the candy store. Like I don't even know. And I just feel like I became such a passive participant in like my parenting, like the path of least resistance because there were the shiny options were so much easier and more readily available than like, because I would try to force them to do other things. Like even like going to Griffith park, we did one hike once and it's not, this is not a joke. It ended with like me and one of my children, I will not sell them out screaming at each other. And then that child being carried by a stranger It wasn't a stranger. It wasn't a stranger being carried by someone who was with us (laughs) down the rest, like the rest of the way. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's never been, but then these girls, I took them to the country. Crickets renamed herself little nature. (laughs) Nature. She asked for that to be her nickname guys. Birdie was like so calm and was like, rolling down a hill and then like even when I and I know Bernie Mark's like you're going to be itchy and you're going to complain about it she wasn't (laughs) (laughs) it was wild and I don't know it just felt like it is really hard when you live in these big cities it's just and you're a working parent and you're two working parents it's just really fucking hard on the weekends to like be able to give them a break from the bullshit of what this world is. And like after Friday and with Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death and me feeling like, oh God, we just like went up for the day and they picked wildflowers and Cricket renamed herself Little Nature. And <laughs> like, it just, and we had fun and we had fun. Like Birdie like was sweet and she really wants to be Amy March, <laughs> but but different, guys. <laughs> different. There's a story there that I will tell another time. Okay, so anyway, so that's what I feel like I'm doing my best at, being open and figuring out like how to be a better parent for the whatever 400 weekends I have left with these kids. Is that I hope you're depressing? G- no, no, I think it's great, but I, I hope you're giving yourself credit too for... You know, it, it's just, it's not easy. And when it's not easy, like my kids are a little older. So I know, you know, that it's easy. It's very easy to try to find how you're at fault. And it's just, it's, there is no fault. It's just not easy, you know? And it's just, I know. yeah. I know, but like, I think about like the kinds of people I want to raise in this world and sure who I want them to be. And like, sure. I know we joke about my like closet, my pretty dresses, <laughs> but like, you know, I don't want them to be trying to like fill holes with stuff. Right. Yeah. You right. know, it hasn't, it hasn't done a ton for me other than raised almost $20,000 for charity <laughs> on. <laughs> Poshmark, guys, thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> um, I just will continue to just call my closets. <laughs> I know Jerry. you're. I know that you're so hard on yourself, but those holes they like appear and disappear and reappear. You know, we all have holes sometimes that we're trying to fill oh, with yeah. something. We and all have holes 
Is that a t-shirt? We all have holes. <laughs> we all have holes. That's, that's a really, really good one. Wait, I'm writing it down. I like, we have the numbers for goodness and we all have holes. Okay. I really love we all have holes. <laughs> so, all right. So Shantira, I saved the best for last because it leads right on into our guest because I'm so proud of you, but I want to know what you feel like you've been doing your best at this week. Two things. Uh, first thing I've been doing my best at is a packing. Second thing, uh, you can't see it, but it looks like I'm a hoarder right now. All you picture. see is my face is like boxes. Smile. Hi. I got it. I'm gonna. It's just. I look like it's. Guys. If you walked in here, you would definitely think I'm a hoarder. I. We have been packing diligently. Uh, none of this last minute stuff that I did in my 20s. Everything's gonna be in a box this time. I'm very proud of 33 year old me. Uh, second of all, I have been working diligently hard. Uh, this is a pre- premiere week of the Amber Ruffin show, and uh, it's. So fun. Uh, Amber Ruffin is the kindest person. Also, full disclosure, uh, uh, this is the first time I ever get to work at 30 Rock and I do not get to go. And <laughs> uh, they're on East Coast time. So like, I'm up, baby. The meeting starts at 10, but the meeting starts at mm. 7 in LA. So I have really been working my butt off in hopes that you guys like the show. So those are my two things. <laughs> um, Congratulations. Thanks. Congratulations. I There have been some really incredible articles and really fun. The Vulture article was so cute and I loved it. Um, I've been it spoiled fun. by my bosses. So like I've only been working for like really dope women. So like mm-hmm. I moved to LA to work with Casey and Busy. And then I started working for Tracy Wickfield. And now I work for Amber Ruffin. And let me tell you, get you a nice lady to be your boss because <laughs> I've had a great time these last two years <laughs> working right. for women actually, who fucking really, are yeah. so cool <laughs> yeah. and and there was like a time when maybe you, you there was one job and I worked for one man for six days and then I quit <laughs> Well, all those women have been so, all those women have been so lucky to work with you too, because you just, you have this voice and you're such a pleasure. And I'm just really excited that you're working with Amber because I love you both so much. This is so fun, you guys. You know how I know, you know how I know I love you guys so much is because like, I'm not bitter or jealous at all. I'm like, (laughs) you know, yeah. Like this is, is ordinarily so this is ordinarily the kind of thing I'd be like I'm so happy for you no I really am <laughs> but uh, I really am I really yeah. am just pleased and I can't wait to to watch I feel the exact same way but yeah like I'm just super super excited for the show uh, it is and- good it is fun it is necessary I think that the grand scheme of everyone I think you'll like it. <laughs> It's called, just before we get to our our chat with Amber uh, Ruffin, just so you know, the show uh, is called The Amber Ruffin Show. It's going to be on the Peacock Streaming Network. It starts this Friday, the 25th. Add it to your whatever you do, however you make sure that you are watching shows. Put it on your calendar. On a... on a calendar, just make a little note that you need to you need to get it on Friday, and uh, and we're just super excited. And we had a wonderful talk with Amber. I also am now in the middle of reading her and her sister's book because I'm going to give them a little quote. 
for. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, it's, it's like wild. It's, it's so wild. funny though. <laughs> the first page, the first page, she says, sorry, we peaked in the first page, but <laughs> um, I wish I'd gotten the book before we did the interview. Cause I'm like, all in on, I'm like, I'm Amber Ruffin's biggest fan right now. Um, I love her so much. We had a great time talking to her. Take a listen. Guys, we got to get busy with it. Get busy with it. It's about that time. It's about that time. It's about that time because it's about 5 p.m. here where I am. And, you know, it's 5 p.m. somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes, uh, it's hard to pick between things, but Vizzy stands out because it has something that all the other hard seltzers don't. Do you guys remember what it is? I remember. Vitamin C, baby. It's vitamin C. It's the antioxidant vitamin C. Listen, I love, I love a bitch contains multitudes and that's what Vizzy, that's what Vizzy's all about. Um, <laughs> Vizzy's the only hard seltzer crafted with the antioxidant vitamin C and, um, you know, it's got like all kinds of delicious, uh, flavors. What's my favorite's black cherry lime. I don't know what yours is. Blueberry pa- pomegranate, strawberry kiwi, pineapple mango. Pineapple Shantara, mango. You, you go. Oh, pineapple yeah. mango. You yeah. guys go pineapple mango. Oh yeah, that's um, so good. Ugh. Well, I also just feel like y- it's never bad to add a little extra vitamin C. You know what I mean? Um, I'm like think- the. I'm fascinated by where the vitamin C comes from. Did you do you know that story? It's aso. Wait, how do you say it? I say acerola. What is acerola? What is acerola? It's, uh, it's like a cherry. It's it's a super fruit with 30 times more vitamin C per cup than an orange. What? And just a little tiny cherry. <laughs> and just a little tiny acerola? Acerola <laughs> cherry. It's not an that. areola. No. <laughs> acerola. No. <laughs> okay. Is it like, it's like one of those things. It's a super fruit. It's a super yeah. antioxidant fruit. Yeah. Um, and that's where uh, Vizzy gets its vitamin C from. So, you know, it's real guys. We love it. Upgrade your hard seltzer with Vizzy. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com. Obviously, you have to be 21 years or older. That's a given. Obviously. Uh, well, guys, taking vitamins, supporting your health goals, you know it's a thing that I'm all about now. And thanks to Care Of, it's easy to maintain your health goals because you get customized vitamins that help you feel your best today. And they support you long term. It's hassle-free. The vitamins and supplements are delivered to you. Um, you take a little quiz, which is very easy. I love a quiz. It's I a fun recommend- quiz too. I And I love recommendations based off of a quiz of things that I've answered because then I know it's really for me. And then the trick is getting your friends to do it too because then you see that they have different vitamins <laughs> and then you're like, oh, they don't just make you take that quiz and then send the same thing to everyone. They actually tailor it to you, which is fantastic. Kara's products are formulated with good for you clean ingredients that are backed 
by science. The protein powders are made with wholesome ingredients you can recognize like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt. Of all the sea salts, I like pink pink Himalayan the best. That's a go-to. And I feel like when I go into a store and I'm like, I need to get on some vitamins, I need to like you know, I'm not sure I need to pep it up or whatever. I'm always like, what? There's 4,000 different things and I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Um, it's overwhelming. The, it is overwhelming. And I feel like the quiz and the expert recommendations uh, make it so easy. And and then what you receive is totally up to you. Um. So anyway, I feel like... For me personally, this is like a great option because it's like always, you know, a little bit difficult to try to get yourself on a vitamin plan. And I'm very committed to my wellness right now. So that's just me personally. We have a special offer for you if you want to try it out for 50% off of your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com and enter code BEST50. So 50% off of your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code BEST50 and you'll take the little quiz. It's like five minutes. Tell what your diet, lifestyle, health concerns and you're going to get these recommendations and you can choose the vitamins that get sent to you, a customized vitamin plan, guys. Care of. It's amazing. We love to see it. It's happening to us all. <laughs> this is it's, so exciting. It's so good to see you. I'm in New York in the kitchen. Yay. I've been Yay. in that kitchen before. Yeah. Are you filming your show already? What's happening? Tell me everything. It's Fridays. Okay. It's going to be shot on Seth's set. So we'll oh. just take my, my set and put it in front of Seth's set. Because <laughs> he doesn't... <laughs> He's the person. We don't shoot Fridays. Right. He doesn't shoot. Right. You don't shoot Fridays. So, and are you continuing on? How can you, are you continuing on his show too? Yes. Yeah. But, um, but Wait, because everybody press record, by the way. Oh shit. I haven't recorded anything. Yeah. I just pressed it a little while ago. Cause I, I did forget. We were just warming up. Just- I, I know for sure, but also I have to <gasps> tell you, oh, Margarita. I was going to say, guys, I've had a kind of stressful weekend and I did take a weed gummy earlier, forgetting that I was <laughs> going to be doing this, but I don't think that that's a problem. No. I think it's going to enhance your performance. But I did, <laughs> but I did forget to press record until just that second. So well, it's, it's, pressed, it's pressed now. Okay, good. Um, so Is it so pressed ex- now though? I- just double check. 31 seconds. Thank you. Okay. Um, I am super excited for your show. Have you guys been doing test shows or anything yet? No. No. We haven't even hired all of our writers yet. <laughs> Are you looking at my box? Are you looking at my <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know, man. Tell Peacock to tell The deals the are not closed. Chantira. Chantira. I mean, mm. we'll see when this come out if I'm working. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Freaking wait! This is such a show. Starts November twentieth. She oh, and really? Tira never works on the show. Is just I mean. a bunch of misinformation. <laughs> I want to. I like 
I'm tired of I I just had like a meeting well, uh, uh before uh last week I had an interview it was like a general and I was like I would love to not do that anymore because I don't want to work uh, like we can cut this but I like don't want to work for your game show it's just like a bunch of white men being no. like this is my game show and I'd be like I'm just like I don't want to talk to you no more I just want to talk to my friends can I work on every <laughs> show I want I want the next white man that asked me about a game show or a reality show the response to be she's working on Ember show and then I just like don't have to talk to anybody <laughs> I know a little I want bit that of like you. Hollywood insider goss like this little is how it goes oh yeah it's just like hot gossip secret <laughs> well amber i've told you this before but i've just been steadily ruining my career by having meetings like every once in a while i get brought into a meeting about a late night show like whether they're looking to hire someone or they're looking to like have someone consult on their show and every meeting my solution is oh just fire who you have and get amber ruffin <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming <laughs> And That's I'm like, the best solution. If I'm gonna destroy my career, let it be for a cause <laughs> called Amber Ruffin that I enjoy. <laughs> I 100 percent approve of your behavior. <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna? Are you gonna get to do like my favorite bits of yours from Seth's show? Do you get to take them, or do you have to leave them? Like, we like do whatever chefs, we want. Chefs at a fancy restaurant. You guys, there are no. <laughs> is that is that true? But so is Seth. He's your executive producer on on your show, right? Yeah, which is great. So Yay. you they, can do whatever these you want. People let us do whatever we want. There are no <laughs> rules. I always try to get this point across, to people, when I talk about doing this show, like friggin'. Uh, Pete Gross. Do you know who Pete Gross is? I do. Pete Gross is the guy with brown hair from the Sonic commercials. There's yes. that blonde guy, yes. the brown hair guy. Now, Pete did 50 million of these commercials while he was at the job and was gone like once a month for like a week. <laughs> Meanwhile, we have a week off every month. <laughs> and it just never goes out. Oh my gosh, it's- Ellen needs to talk to Seth. It's the monastoriest <laughs> place to be. But here's you what really I'm going to say. I think that that's why maybe it's the show I like the best. And I feel like, I don't know if it was, were you there from the, you were there from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. 2015. Yeah. Becoming, I, I believe, the first black woman hired in late night. Right? Ever. I'll never As do the work to check, but that is what I have that's heard. Me too. <laughs> but 2015? Casey, you worked in late night for ever. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. No. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who's the first? There's when a lot I, of firsts I going know. on. The first writer, the first black the woman first writer, writer, or the fa- first black woman to ever work in late night. The first black woman writer on a network on a late network late night. Show. Yeah, because okay, Wanda okay. Sykes did HBO and won an Emmy. I did right. the homework. So Wanda Sykes right. has oh. written for Late Night, but it's for the Chris Rock show, which was uh, cable. cable. So Amber right. is the first network television network. There uh, we go. black woman. Uh, I, got you, I got you, Amber. Amber did the homework. I got you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but you have so but, much work to do because I'm a loose cannon. <laughs> no, That's I love incredible. Amber. That's incredible. Me and Amber it came from incredible. Chicago, so like I knew there was like uh, like five black people in Chicago ever doing improv <laughs> at a time. Oh, I thought and you like, meant total. 
total no truly women total uh so when i was there it was like me and like three other black women and then uh we would just like get scripts that had um the black women before and it was like naima funk and amber ruffin <laughs> and those were the only sketches i could do in a tour because it was like uh we've been here for 60 years but we only have six scripts with black ladies and i just did like a bunch of amber ruffin sketches and i saw amber at an improv theater in chicago at um at io and i was like that's her and amber was drinking a margarita having a great time and i was like you're amber ruffin and she was like yeah and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, bye. And she was like, have fun. And then she like, a puff of smoke appeared, and she just—that's the first time I ever met her. She doesn't remember, I don't think. But I, that's because I had already done a bunch of her sketches because there wasn't nobody else there. <laughs> that's what they say when you get Second City. They go, you make sure your sketches can only be done by a black woman, so that they'll have to hire a black woman yes, to truly. be your that's- understudy, and later on to do um, tour co. Yeah, That's at the end time. of the run there, like not in the like early two thousands, but like when I was there from like two thousand like fourteen, like when you got uh, late night, everybody just started putting the n word in all the uh, sketches. That way, they was like, we know there can't no white people say oh. this. <laughs> 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 we was like, we put two n words in there. Somebody gonna have a job. We gonna be torn for the rest of our lives. <laughs> That's how you get job security, baby. Just trying to help you out. Very smart. It's very smart. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Amber, are you are you excited? When do you but like are you going to do any test shows or are you gonna do it? Just wait. Um, how funny that you and Shanti are fighting this out. <laughs> um, we are going to do one test show the week before the show yeah. premieres. Okay. I mean, that's what we say now. Cut to tomorrow, right. Rockefeller Center shuts down because someone sneezed and it's right. over. Right. That's, that's also always. What's your contingency plan? Do you have like a pivot in case? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe someone does. Like your kitchen? I don't, I don't know. Ooh, would you, would you do that? Die than do a Zoom show. I do not want to do it. I I'm know. with you. I know. Yeah. I know. But hey, if they it. like it, I love it. right Right. that also makes sense but the other thing is too i think there's validity to like this is a fucking awesome shot and like you want the thing that you put out there to be as close to the thing as possible because first of all who knows if it'll ever happen again amber for any (laughs) of us you know what i mean and you want like as a woman and especially as a black woman you have to just make sure that like Right? Don't you feel that? Like, it oh, yes. has to be as close to, because I know I'm going to get, like, maybe a fourth of the time that a white dude would get, you know? Yes, dude. So I was like, okay, you know, as we're all coming together and figuring out what the show is, everyone's like, oh, okay, so it could be, like, fun and pink. And I'm like, no, I want it to be exactly like any man's late night show. I want to have... That jazzy music, I want it to be friggin' New York cityscape, like dark blue shit, like none of my <laughs> favorite well, shit. But what's your stuff? Like, what are and you into? I want to put on a suit. I want to do exactly what really? the men are doing. Yep. Amber, no! I, <laughs> I totally gonna... disagree. Absolutely I... not. Because guess what? 
I'm going to show up and they're going to be like, this black lady is going to do something stupid. Look at her <laughs> set. Look at her face. Look at this outfit. Why won't she dress up? And I want to eliminate all that. Right. The variables. And I, and I, I also want people to know what I'm subverting. I want people to be like, oh, this is going to be normal. Oh, my God, it's not. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I will have given them a hint if I'm doing it from a unicorn. Right. Which is what, which is what I did. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but, so, but Amber, um, one thing, though, that I love about all of your segments on Seth, like, I love what? <laughs> is, is, what? Amber says what? <laughs> Amber says what? Uh, my mom loves them too. Like my mom loves all of, like your, my mom's a big fan of yours. Oh, I know. But you know why she loves you is because you're like super bubbly and loud. You know, Barb Phillips loves a loud lady, Shantira <laughs> oh, yeah. and Casey and me. <laughs> um, so I like, that's why I wanted to know if you get to carry some of those things over, if you're going to do whole all new things. If you're going to still do those things on Seth, anyway, I had a lot of thoughts about it. I'm sure we will. But All of it. also, we're going to do whatever we want. There are so few rules. I mean, I guess it's, you ought to know, but when someone turns to you and is like, so what are we going to do? You go, oh, I, it's up to me? I, I guess we just do what, what I feel like doing? It's yeah. Just, it still feels crazy. And we haven't even started anything yet. So hopefully I'll grow into it. But I mean, it feels nuts for 40 grownups to be like, do you like this backdrop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay, it's $1 billion. We'll buy it. Man. Don't do that. <laughs> it had to be like, don't tell her what stuff costs. <laughs> I cannot have that information. It's horrible. It was very easy for us because it all costs five dollars. Um, <laughs> you- we had so many rules. I think it's so exciting. I think it's exciting to hear that you're going to do it just against like a kind of sounds like a traditional backdrop with all the traditional trimmings because you are very not traditional. That's one of the reasons I love your comedy so much. Is that mm-hmm. like I, um, my friend Steve Young, who's a writer on letterman for years he calls it comedy damage like when you're just constantly analyzing comedy and you don't laugh at anything you get to a point where you're just like oh that's funny that'll work um and so yeah i know those people (laughs) he always says like you have a really bad case of comedy damage from so many years but you consistently make me laugh because you surprise me all the time oh thank you good i also have a bad case of comedy damage My husband will be like, look at this. Isn't this hilarious? I'll be like, it absolutely isn't. And here's why. <laughs> the out is two seconds too late. They said, and they, instead of they. That's a mess up. <laughs> I can just tell. It's I can just tell. Yeah. But I love that. I love, well, I love that you're saying that for people that are listening, that are interested in comedy. Like it is a thing. It is a skill and a job that you. It's a job. That it's you hard own. to watch TV sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like if, uh, if you find a show, like, I mean, like I really enjoyed The Good Place. It made me laugh a lot and it really <laughs> surprised me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like I grew up, the way that I got into comedy was guessing jokes. Like I would watch 
a, a premium blend on Comedy Central, and I was like, if I can guess the 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 jokes, then like I think I could do comedy. And like sometimes I would get it right, and sometimes I wouldn't. But when I get it right, I'd be like, yeah, I could do this. But now since I understand the structure of a joke, like I'll watch something and I'll be like, okay, the joke comes now. This should be the joke. What network is it? CBS. This joke should come. If it's Fox, I'll be like, if it's Fox, they might say ass. Like, <laughs> so like that is so real. It's real. But Amber always makes me laugh so hard. And also, um, uh, Amber has the best jackets in the game. I asked her if she gets to keep them, and um, she doesn't. And I'm really sad about that. <laughs> oh, your wardrobe from your show? Yeah, you know, I don't. You keep have to anything. No, you gotta like. You should keep some stuff. Who knows? I mean, as I guess when my job stops, right? Then I'll just take it. <laughs> right. That's. <laughs> I have to say. What, what I have to do? say that was that's like my biggest regret in this business is that when I first started, I really was like, I've never stolen anything in my life because I stole like a little pack of gum at the Jewel supermarket in Chicago uh, <laughs> when I was th- three or four years old and my mom made me go back and apologize to the manager and I'm crying hysterically and it was really traumatic. So I never stole anything. And then when I was starting in this business, when Freaks and Geeks season one wrapped, everybody knows this fucking story because I'm still devastated about it. I was like, can I keep my blue jacket, the blue jacket that's like iconic from my character or whatever? And they're like, no, you can't. You have Everything has to go back. You know, there might be a season two, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I gave it back. Show's canceled. That jacket is gone. It's gone. I've had people trying to find it. But anyway, my point is keep your jackets. Even yeah, if they're, they're not cute. Kim Kelly jackets, if you just think it's cute. You might want it, though, also just, like, for posterity someday, Amber. You know what I mean? I want the outfits because they're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They are beautiful. Ooh. Every time I see one, I want it. But Amber is so small. Petite. I can not put it on. <laughs> and also, I think there's a play, Amber. I had a friend who, like, negotiated it on set, basically. Like, if they ever, if, you know... Your boss is over there ever like asking you to do something. You're exhausted. You really don't want to do it. Like I'm working on two shows. Like this is insane. <sighs> okay. I get, listen, if there's a way I can keep like 35% of my wardrobe, <laughs> like I just, I like love this jacket. And if I could keep this jacket and they're men, right? They're men. And they're going to be like, yeah, of course you can keep the jacket. Just uh, call the UPM over. Tell her she can keep the jacket. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's how you're gonna get your fucking wardrobe. Ooh, oh, I love great. that. That's I very smart. Wait, Mark just brought me a margarita. Oh, oh, oh margarita! Yay. Everybody, inside Cheers. scoop. Mark Cheers. makes the best margaritas. Mark makes As the best margaritas. Amber. You have to come to yes, LA please. and get it. Mark has the best margaritas I've ever had. Ooh. Not not at someone's house. Like whatever the hell he's doing. <laughs> and he always comes out very casually, like, oh, this thing, this whole thing I made. And you'll be like, oh my God. I know. <laughs> he's really good at stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, so gosh. Which is excellent for <laughs> me and my friends. Everyone, <laughs> everyone around me. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to watch your show and Thank cheer you. for everyone that I love that works on it. I just feel like I got my way. <laughs> yeah, you, I, love- I feel like you got your way too. I am <laughs> going to say I'm hopeful that the 
that it'll be such a like smash hit at the Friday night spot that then maybe we get like Monday and Wednesday too, you know, or maybe we get <laughs> Tuesday, It'll just Wednesday, be like, Thursday, yes, Friday. Like <laughs> just a bunch of jobs. Would you want to do it every day or no? I want to do whatever the right thing to do is. <laughs> <laughs> they want me to do every day, I'll happily do it. If they want me to do Fridays, I'll do it. If they want me to stop doing this show and go back to Seth, I will do that. Did I'm you trying think- to eat. <laughs> I get it. I'm with you. You're what gonna- are you trying to eat? Yeah, what's your favorite thing to eat? Oh. I lied when I said eat. It's just margaritas. Just margaritas. <laughs> well, nachos. Nachos. Nachos Whenever, is my favorite thing. Yeah. Nachos it, is my favorite thing. Anytime it's I go bad. to New York, she takes, me, she me, takes me for nachos it's and margaritas. Bad. Truly. You guys are kissing. We are. I know. I do feel like we have a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like no wonder my mother <laughs> loves you. Your two main, <laughs> two main food groups. Yeah. My two main food groups are tortilla chips and tequila. I love that. You know what I found out? I hope this is not true for you, but I went to the doctor and I was like, I feel crazy. This was after I had surgery. I feel crazy. I feel crazy. She's like, oh, your thyroid looks crazy. Um, I think it's swollen. And uh, she goes, oh, try to eat um, uh, low carb. And so I go, okay. And she gave me this weird list of if you have whatever this is that I have that you can eat. And two things on it are fucking nachos and tequila. (laughs) And I was, I'm, I like eating them because I know I'm not going to get a tummy ache. And almost every other thing makes me sick. You guys, are Amber and I the same person? (laughs) This is truly Amber, same, same with the thyroid. Same. I didn't get the nachos and tequila list from my doctor do you have it can you cam scan it to us however yeah i would love to see it however i will say that i have a lot of stomach issues and i have for a very long time but never when i eat nachos or drink tequila but luckily she caught me right before this pandemic hit so she was like stop eating carbs and i said okay and then the pandemic hit and now i've just been sitting still for six months or whatever this is, not eating carbs. And I am not kidding when I say I weigh 20 pounds less That's than I sure. did when the pandemic started. And I feel like um, smart and crisp. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't realize I was in this that it was slowing dumb down. food fog. I yeah. have to do that too. I Maybe I need your doctor. I have... When I don't eat carbs, there is like, so is it like keto? No, because you eat nachos. That's not ketogenic. She just said, try your best not to eat a lot of carbs. Like no bread. I said, okay, but I'm going to be bad. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't eat bread, rice, and pasta. And sometimes I'll eat a whole cake. I'm going to rip. Right, right. (laughs) That's how bad I was eating. Yeah. (laughs) When is your birthday? What's your... June? January the 9th. No, January 9th. Okay. Capricorn? I'm a Capricorn. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, like Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I worked in a, um, 
I worked in a, a studio, uh, a job I quit, but uh, that was terrible. Uh, and I worked there for six days for a terrible man. But I anyway, know what it is. You me know what too. it is. I know what it is too. <laughs> I terrible. don't, guys. Just tell me and we'll bleep it out. Who is um, that? I worked at for six days Why? nobody knows because i didn't have a job and i wanted four thousand oh. dollars uh did you so get I, it uh yeah i gotta mm-hmm. actually get more money in residuals than i did working there she I, got I one worked four thousand dollars i worked there for six days and then he made me so mad i quit in the middle of the day and got in the lift and left that is a story that no one knows except for close friends but anyway this is a bill cosby story is i was working at a place a job that I didn't like and it had weird energy and I was like what is this studio and they were like where all the writers um, meet every day for your morning meeting that used to be Bill Cosby's personal office and I was like that's why this place sucks this has the worst the wor- it felt terrible to be there. I was like, this place sucks. What what is this place? And they were like, this is what it was. And I was like, I hate it. And then I quit here. three days later. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it for anyone. I especially don't really. like it for the people that knew that and they're like, it's chill to have our writer's room here anyway. Yeah. I don't like well, it. it's on a studio lot, so they ain't gonna never close anything down. They can but, just right. tear it. They should tear it down. They should one hundred percent, especially Sage after. It. Well, I'm not specific. Make it a toilet. Amber, did you know that this was going to be the eventuality where you like, um, I want to like that we'd be talking about roofies? No, not that. (laughs) That, um, (laughs) Like, did you always when you were, you know, at Boom Chicago or IO or where, you know, like, were you thinking late night show or were you always an SNL person? You always thought maybe SNL. I always thought I was going to get SNL. I was, I, and I'm not... I guess I am pretty cocky and horrible. But I... You're confident. Yeah, confident and great. Um, <laughs> but I did think... And I didn't think, oh, I'm going to have SNL. But I always thought I'm good enough to be on SNL. I thought right. that. I really did. I thought it, like, quietly in my heart, but I did think it. And... Uh, <laughs> but I just never thought late night ever i mean arsenio hall was a long time ago a long time ago yeah, long also time. if you, you can't see, see it, to be it. it yeah i was say you can't see it, see it. jinx <laughs> also by the way i've seen you do improv many times and you you have always been good enough to be on snl even a long time ago oh, but i was just curious if that was the dream like was that that was the goal was snl maybe i I mean, sure. I don't know who has goals. I only have one goal, and that's to eat. <laughs> Can I afford to eat? Great. We're doing great. I've always been like... When you came to Chicago, I know that like a lot of people, and even if you're not in the improv community, people understand people moving to LA to be in movies, people moving to New York to do Broadway. You moved to Chicago like from... Um, uh, Nebraska, right? You're from mm-hmm. Omaha. Omaha. Uh, what made you be like, I'm going to Chicago? Well, the lady who owns IO, Sharna Halpern, who did, it's gone, it's over. I know, RIP IO. RIP IO. <laughs> um, but she, I had done a workshop with her and she said, if you move to Chicago, you'll have a full time job doing comedy within the year. I said, okay. And it took, 
a, a few months at the end of IO classes, I had gotten Boom Chicago. And she oh my was God. Right. Amazing. She was right. She was right. She'd be calling them. <laughs> and so then, so then after like Boom Chicago and everything, did you, you auditioned for SNL? Is that what? Ha- and then, but then Seth was starting his show, and they were like, "Maybe you come over here." Did you audition right. for SNL or like apply apply to be a writer? What did they do? I, I don't know how it for works. SNL because there was a big stink about how they did not have any black women. They did oh, not. Yeah, it was a big black. <laughs> Our, there's a picture. There is, there's there's a picture. one every few years, right? Yeah, there's a picture yeah. of all the black ladies who got to audition. It, it's like Amber, Tiffany Haddish. Like yeah. everybody's in that picture. Every black lady you've seen on your TV in the last 10 years is in, in that, that picture. picture. <laughs> yeah. and we had just a blast. And people can be like, you're not supposed to like post about how you're auditioning for SNL. And everyone was like, okay. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, is, is that taboo? Okay, fine. Next time. Um, but uh, we all auditioned and it was the most fun. Like each person was so fucking hilarious. It was like the cream of the crop. These people were the best. And like, I especially remember when we did the audition in L.A. and Tiffany Haddish was backstage with all of us and everyone was so nervous and scared. And a lot of us had big, long wigs (laughs) and paddle brushes. And so so they were brushing their hair and it goes like this. (laughs) So then right before the show started, all you heard was... (laughs) 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 Tiffany Haddish started like a tight five on it. And we were doubled over crying, laughing. It was the funniest thing anyone's ever done. And she just stood up and was yelling and had this whole bit where she was playing with the hairbrushes. It was beautiful. And I was like, this lady is the best. (laughs) (laughs) so was not getting snl and deciding to go over to seth or being offered seth was would you say that's your biggest pivot in life or do you have a? a I, i would guess that might be it because we auditioned in la a few of us flew from la to um new york and we get off the plane and it's me LaKendra Tooks, who they did hire as a writer. Um, Leslie Jones, who they hired initially as a writer. And a couple other people. And it's, we get there and we all are all together. We all are like, are you auditioning? Yeah, are you? You, you look funny. And then we all get in the cab together. We go downtown. We're living it up. It's the freaking best. So we all stay at this hotel and we go and audition and then we go out to dinner that night with like Vanessa Mitchell and some other old black SNL guys. And it's the most fun I've ever had. And then the next day comes, or that night at dinner. Did you think you'd gotten it? A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. Like, yeah, you thought you got it. You're cr- celebrating. You're essentially a cel- it was a celebratory night. I just thought, and there were so many people there. It was so insane for me to think, oh, I'm it. But uh, I had, I was like, I've been doing sketch comedy as a full-time job for a decade. So, if, yeah, uh, I mean, 
I got to. I have to. And you're and I'm cute. I'm cute. And I'm here. And this is my this is my moment. So, so that, freaking ridiculous of me. But I auditioned and then uh, we stayed after and then we did the um, you know, little interview they do to make sure you're not weird. They put you in a room and everyone comes through and says hi and talks to you a little bit. All the other writers and performers. Yeah. And executive producers, wow. I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people were like, weird. Lots of folks were like, you're... You're our girl. You're it. And oh so God. then I was certain I was going to get it. And then I went home and I had, uh, I had work to do. And I was doing a musical that I had written. So we were rehearsing it. And everyone knew that I thought it was a matter of time before I got a phone call from SNL. So I have a meeting. I have that rehearsal for the musical. I have a meeting with my friend Christina Anthony that night. To We're going to try to um, do a sketch show. And I'm in the rehearsal for the musical and they call and I don't get it. And I'm just like, oh, God, but we have to do the musical tomorrow. Ugh. So I have to just suck it up. And I go back. We rehearse. And my friend's like, oh, fuck, this sucks. I'm like, yeah, it does. Get in the car. Go to Christina's house, have a musical, uh, have the uh, meeting about our sketch show. And we have a regular meeting and she opens the door. She was like, you got it. I was like, I did not. I absolutely <laughs> didn't get it. And then the oh business guy comes in. <laughs> we go, hey, how's it going? I suck it up. <laughs> then he leaves. We shut the door and I just cried myself freaking sick. I was so certain. And you know, Christina Anthony is a very sweet person. She was like, great, we're going to go out. It gets shit faced and egg bad. And we did, and it was great. <laughs> so I felt fine. But it was three days before I got a call from Seth. So at that point in life, my husband was a um, security guard and I was a nanny, and we were just living. Right. We were making, we were eating food, which is my favorite thing. <laughs> so, I mean, we were surviving, but ooh, to, to be so sure and then to not get it was kind of a blow. I mean, did you leave? Did you leave your house for three days? Uh, I had to. <laughs> I went to no, work. Like, I ha- had to go nanny. <laughs> Got to go to work. This baby needs me. Got to oh, hold and kiss oh. this baby. Wow. So then I'm at, I'm holding the baby, and Seth Myers calls, <laughs> and I go, "Oh, Seth, you didn't have to call. I assume he's calling to say I'm so sorry you didn't get yeah. it. Yeah, I know you're sad. Classy, which by the way would be super classy of him. Yeah, so him. him. That's totally something Seth would do. Uh, yeah, it is. I keep interrupting it, but he's like, will you come right on the show? And I was like, you're going to do what? (laughs) I didn't know he was going to have a late night show. None of it made any sense. So then I went home and I uh, remember jumping on the bed. My husband, who had to work nights, was asleep when I got home. And I was jumping on the bed going, we're going to New York. We're going to New York. Every once in a while, I'll still wake him up like that. Oh my God, I love it. That's amazing. And we did it. But I'm really lucky because this job is the best. It it, it can't get better than this job. I mean, I mean, I wonder if you I wonder if you would be your successful self had it gone the other way. You know, I we'll never know, but this is my theory. I am a kind of a scaredy bear. I don't speak up for myself the way I should, blah, blah, blah. But when I got to Seth, I saw Michelle Wolf. 
And she's crazy. And she says exactly what she's thinking. And you're wrong. And she's fine with being like, no, that's, that's not how it goes. And that right. doesn't make any sense. This is what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I didn't know you could be that. So <laughs> then the only reason why I've gotten anything TV-wise is because Michelle would swing her dick around. Right. But that's but that's like what you have to see. That's the fucking problem, right? And it's because we need to see it in action so we know how the fuck to behave and like to be it. Gotta see it to be it. it. You gotta believe it to see it to be it. I don't know. Something. My spin teacher also says that a lot. Which I I saw Amber and then I got to do it. No lie. Obviously, 2014 is the first time she got a a late night job. But I was in Chicago being like, well, SNL is not hiring black people because they just got one. And (laughs) uh, where am I going to work? What am I going to do? And then Amber's crushing it. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can do that. So, like, truly, Amber is like a definitely pivotal keystone in my life. Sips (laughs) margarita. (laughs) Amber has a very tall margarita. I just want to tell everyone who's listening who can't see. Um, she has a very tall margarita, and uh, I think she's she's getting more ice or something. Mine is little. Mine's little, and it's gone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Busy's husband brought a margarita. Amber's husband brought a margarita. I mean, I'm never interested in having a husband before, but do I need one to bring me a margarita? <laughs> Just get a margarita robot. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier. Also an option. Also an option. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the the Peacock Block because it's you and Larry Wilmore, and Larry right? Wilmore. Can you stand it? Love That's him. pretty freaking cool. That's so cool. I mean, I love him and I missed him Um, since his show stopped. (laughs) We just hear we just hear the margarita being made. (laughs) He's my husband's in here now. He's going to get to eating. I don't know what you're fixing here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We call it the peacock rock block. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But our late night block, I think, is going to be, I think Larry's show is half an hour. Mm -hmm. Bet you he doesn't know. Also, when it's streaming, no one cares. Oh, really? You can can play with the time a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's all because you search and find it. Sure. Um, But they were like, what do you want to do? 60 minutes or early? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) You can't maintain this for 60 minutes. Are you crazy? People's ears would be bleeding. They'd be so sad. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. I would would listen to you for 60 minutes. Yes. That's (laughs) one. (laughs) I know my mom would too. So there's two of us. Two. Don't watch it in the same house. (laughs) Amber, are you reading? Do you read? Are you reading anything interesting right now? Oh, no. Me neither. Me neither. I just thought I would ask. My sister and I wrote a book together. We just finished. It comes what? out July the tw- Ju- Ju- January the 12th. January 12th. Your book comes out. It's true. What is the it called? Close to when you came out. Hey. Oh, yeah, three days later. Um, It's called You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey. And it's just mm-hmm. all, my sister lives in Omaha and always has. It's just all the racist things that have happened to her. 
Oh wow! And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of. Th- it's so oh, funny. Did you read it for me? Did yeah. you? Uh, <laughs> did you guys um, sell it after, like, based on your segment on Seth, or was this something that's been on the works pre uh, yeah, the past a long few months? Time ago. Really? Uh huh. How I long? Just so happened to get a call from her while I'm going to meet our book guy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go meet him. Have you guys I'm worked not with an avid reader? <laughs> As we've established, didn't you're like, no, not reading. Waste this man's time. <laughs> but I just so happened to come up with that idea while I'm talking to my sister and be like, ooh, that is crazy. So then I came up with this idea on the way to meet the guy. And he was like, this is great. It is great. The stories are so wild. And like, if you ever see a picture of her, you'd be like, why do white people talk to her like that? She's so nice. What are they doing? <laughs> She's so no nice. Sense. She's so cute. It makes people think they can get away with anything. She don't make no sense. <laughs> but she has a great karaoke voice. <laughs> she truly can sing it. I forget what I started talking about. I'm the worst. <laughs> I asked, no, I asked if you read and you're like, no, but I do have a so book. I have to lie to all these people. <laughs> that's the only thing they want to ask you, the publisher. I know. The, I know. This guy, the that guy. And I had to be like, well, you know, take it away, Lacey. would <laughs> be like, I'm reading blah, 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 blah. I'm a normal person. <laughs> I don't know. About you. I don't feel like I just have the brain space in this moment in history to read anything. Absolutely not. I need, when I have a teensy bit of free time, P.S., I don't much care for free time. But when I have it, I need my brain to turn completely off. So I what can't does that for you? Any kind of work. Uh, t- uh, sitcoms. Uh-huh, sure. And ones you've watched before. Ones I've watched before. Yeah. But also new things. Uh-huh. The best thing is a new documentary. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God, same. Same. I'm obsessed with documentaries right now. Did you watch um, Daryl Hammond's? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so fucking good. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it either. I'd heard about Daryl Hammond. And then I saw that documentary and I was like, holy crap. I just thought people were exaggerating. Yeah. I didn't know that this was really happening to this man. It's it was wild. Um, anything, any other good docs that we should be looking out for? Anything else? The best documentary in the world is the documentary I made a musical based on. <laughs> it's called... The the King of Kong. Have you ever seen that? Of yes. course I've seen The King of Kong. Wait, you wrote the like King of Kong musical? <laughs> I feel like it was it at that theater down on Santa Monica Boulevard. Where was it? Was it here in LA? It was. Like I remember seeing it up on the marquee and being like, oh my God, how genius that they made a musical out of that. I loved that movie. We did. Amazing. That, yeah. We, we got a cease and assist. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. That's good. But it's cool. funny because now I'm working with Warner Brothers to write a musical. And I was like, I love hey, that. You tried to shut me down. How times have changed. <laughs> is that what is like what is like the next 10 years for you if like the world doesn't end in apocalyptic hellfire? What do you like career wise? Are you very clear or are you just like, whatever fucking happens? I am very unclear. Because oh. every at every turn, I would never have called it. Like oh, I would never have called. Like I went back to Boom Chicago at a certain mm-hmm. point, and I did not think I would ever do that. 
and I moved to LA and I didn't think I'd ever get the guts to move to LA. Mm-hmm. And then I got late night stuff, which wasn't even a thing. Right. And then I got a, a show. Right. And you did, you yes. even did like a pilot for a comedy for like a, like a single camera sitcom, right? It was, wasn't that what it was? That one last year or a year and a half ago? Three pilots. And then we made one. Is it four? That's crazy. I think it's four. <laughs> I think That's I amazing. see four pilots. That can't be right. It's wow. three or four. Um, there's no way to find out. No. <laughs> Real. Has anyone ever stolen a really great thing from you, Amber? I'm sure no. some white man has. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly a or possibly a tricky white woman. <laughs> uh, they're out there. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> no one is stealing anything from me. Also, I have feelings about that. People are always like, so-and-so stole my joke. So-and-so stole my feelings. And I'm always like, did they? Because I would rather die than pitch someone something that I knew was someone else's. The thought of it grosses me out. And And I do think people have the same joke. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On Twitter. Quite a lot. Yeah, right. all of the time. Man, I, you'll be stealing. <laughs> that's well, that's, that's 100% true. People people do it to me all the time, though, on Twitter. Sometimes I'll make, like, the mildest joke, and someone will respond to a, with a link to a similar joke. Like, that's all they'll say. Or they'll be like, great minds. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't Google whatever you say, Todd. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not searching Todd's timeline to make sure that I'm not expressing a similar To be thought. honest, Todd hasn't said anything funny since 2013. <laughs> 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 Guys, Todd is the worst, and he you know it, Amber. Hard. Amber, he does not. All right. <laughs> he does not. Todd right. is a real fucking jerk. <laughs> Everybody, Todd, Todd doesn't exist. He's just a, uh, what, what, what do we call him? He's a composite character. He's, yeah. He's, he's an every... amalgam of, of all the Todds of our lives. <laughs> I know that's right. Can I ask one more question before, because it seems like you're so open to wherever life takes you. Like, I love that energy. Like you said, you did a lot of things that you never expected. And I think that that is actually probably really helpful because sometimes like life is going to take some turns and you have to just deal with, you know, you know, it sounds like you didn't spend a lot of time mourning things that didn't happen and you just went for things that were happening. How do we be like that? You have a lot of irons in the fire. You know what I mean? Like right now I'm writing... Three? Who knows? I sure can't count. Right now I'm writing three different musicals. And if three of them go in the garbage, who cares? Right. There's late night and there's ref and show and there's the book. There's all kinds of stuff. Right. But I just have always been like, how much stuff can I do at once so that when, you know, when I get an opportunity... I'm ready. You have the right thing to present. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt as bad when your one of six things dies. But it's your only thing and it dies, it feels bad. Oh my God, it feels terrible. Yeah. Like, do you feel like, was there a part of you when Seth called, and we love Seth, that you were like, no, I don't want that. I want SNL. And like, I don't, or were you just so, at that point, you were like, well, I'm just, I need something, so. 
this will be fine? Or were you super excited? Do you know what I mean? That's what I guess that's what I'm asking. The good part about not getting SNL was you always wonder, would am I, would I be able to put together an audition for and execute an audition for SNL that was good enough to get me SNL? And it's not nice, but now I know for a fact that that answer is no. And I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about that. It was very easy to uh, let go of that because if I can't get you on my side with this perfect audition, I thought, then I'm not going to succeed on your show. You know what I mean? I don't want to go there to die. I don't want to go there as a black lady right. comedy wasteland. That makes right. I want to thrive. Right. That makes sense. Right. Ooh, buddy. Oof. And I get to go in there and be like, oh, wow, here's the, here's my office. I have a new special office <laughs> by myself. Did you get to decorate it? No one. I, I guess I will get to decorate it. Wait, what? You got to get it like all decorated and super fancy. I'm wondering if I should do that or not. Busy? Uh, well, no, I think yeah. you should make it. It's a good point. However, I do think you should make it comfortable because you're going to need to nap. <laughs> right? I'm like you're going to have to. You're going to have to have a place to lie down. So you should have at least a comfortable a sofa. Always get a couch. We should just get you a couch and virtual reality goggles, <laughs> and they'll uh, have an audience in them. Yeah. <laughs> It can be anything like you the want. NBA, like the NBA's virtual audience. Oh my God, you should do that, Amber. Everyone heard me come up with that idea by myself. It's me, Todd. That's my idea. <laughs> Seriously, you got, you have to do that. Holy shit. These are ideas I just idea. have. Do you want to oh hire me God. to work on the show? I will also, I am also tech avail. <laughs> I really I think really you should use do that, that idea. Yeah, That's a really good idea. Use it. See, this yeah. weed did come around. My <laughs> weed did come around. It did. Once I got the tequila in, now it's happening. Now it's happening. Um, I love every pivot you've taken so far, mostly Amber, because it's taking you to this moment right here. And like, I so appreciate that somebody so like wonderful and wonderfully talented has been such a trailblazer and has led the way for other people like my dear Shantira to be able to see and know and think in a different way of what would be possible for her own career. And it's such a fucking gift. And you're going to like, it's going to get like intense, I think, for you because it is going to mean so much to so many little girls out there to see you in this space. And I'm like so grateful that you get that you are the one that gets to do it because you're the fucking best and so talented. Oh, thank you, Busy. You're too kind. I'm I mean, so I'm just I just tell the truth. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm nice and I'm also horrible, but like I tell the truth. <laughs> That's how I describe myself. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, that's, but also horrible. <laughs> yeah. It, it means a lot to this middle-aged lady as well. Um, this is just something that it's been my whole career and it's been something that, you know, I've just wanted to see my whole career and you're, you're a really special performer and I'm just really excited to watch you go. Oh, thank you, Casey. I'm excited. Yay, Auntie Amber. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. You guys, this has been Busy Phillips is doing her best 
Thank you so much for tuning in. This is available anywhere podcasts are available. We'll talk to you soon. Good night, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) Amber, thank you so much. Thank you. You guys, thank you for having me, and I love you so bad, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you Okay, bye, guys. Guys, I want to talk about fruits and vegetables. I want to talk about my own lack of creativity in the fruit and vegetable section at the grocery store and how in these last six months it's been very difficult because when I'm trying to just like order online I like get flustered and then I just get like celery and bananas and that's it (laughs) um (laughs) it's true but here's where daily harvest has come in and saved my life uh, they deliver delicious clean food. It's ready in a snap. I love it. And the kids love it too. So the foods are all built um, on organic fruits and vegetables. And so I'm not questioning whether the food that I'm eating or giving to the kids is good for me um, or them. They don't use preservatives or there's no added sugar. There's no artificial ingredients. Uh, It works, Daily Harvest works directly with farms and they freeze the ingredients at peak ripeness to lock in that nutrition Um, and also the taste because, you know, peak peak ripeness is when you're going to get that peak taste. Absolutely. Yep. Um... Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it. Also a benefit. Uh, And I feel like for me, you know, a lot of times, especially with the little one, she's like, she will eat like just like a hot dog for every meal. You know, like she goes through these periods. (laughs) And I'm just like, I just want a hot dog. And then I'll get one of like the Daily Harvest little like veggie bowl things and I'll heat that up and then at least I'm like she'll I'll put I won't give her the whole bowl because I do know that trick parents seriously (laughs) don't give them too much like if you have a picky eater you can't give her like a giant bowl of vegetables she will like look at you like you're an insane person and push it away just a little side a little side a little side of the veggies I eat the rest, I give Birdie some. And uh, and then I feel like, okay, well, she can still eat, you know, she can still be made of like mostly meat and then <laughs> she can have a little bit of organic vegetables in her tummy as well. One um, thing I know you haven't gotten to yet, Busy, but I know you're going to love it. They have this like mint cacao smoothie and I l- know how much you love so mint good. chocolate. That's and my favorite do. one. I know you're going to be going crazy for it when you finally get around to trying that one because it's, I can, it, I already it know my it's, favorite one. I already know it's your favorite. Birdie's, it was my favorite one. Birdie's made, uh, Birdie made all the smoothies for snacks. Like she loves the smoothies. So she, so she made them for like midday school snacks. And I love it because, you know, she's 12. She knows how to like take it out of the freezer, throw it in a blender. She adds like some juice and yeah, I, it's I added done. some OJ to mine. Yeah, she added, I think she added OJ and I think she added pineapple juice too. Ooh, she fancy? No, she's (laughs) smart. She's smart. She does watch those cooking shows. Um, Also, Daily Harvest is committed to minimizing their environmental impacts. They're in the process of transitioning to 100% recyclable, plant-based and renewable fiber packaging. Good for you, Daily Harvest. Yay, go Daily Harvest. So uh, parenting can be hard. Daily Harvest makes it easier with their undeniably delicious food. Keep it simple with Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com. Enter the promo code BEST 
to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code BEST for $25 off of your first box at dailyharvest.com. Dailyharvest.com. Um, okay, guys, you are, I already told you, I'm telling you again, Friday, the 25th on Peacock, let's please, please all tune in whatever it is. What do we call it on stream? We stream it. We stream it. We stream it. And we've been hearing, we've been talking a lot today and and a lot in general about social responsibility. Like you got to register to vote. You got to make a plan to vote. You also Mm -hmm. have to make a plan to fucking watch Amber Ruffin's show. You know what I mean? Because like I went on a rant on Emmy night on Twitter, a mini rant about how I don't care about the late night category because there are only two women on late night television out of 14. And actually, in truth, there are 16 late night shows. Two are hosted by puppets and two are hosted by women. That's not enough. So if you agree that that's not enough, you have to fucking watch Amber's show. You can't just hear about it. You can't just read about it. If you are happy that Amber got a show and that there's a woman, another woman, who's getting a shot at a late night show, you have to get Peacock and you have to watch it. Sorry to like have a little fit. Also, Peacock is free to download. I know a lot of people are like, oh, how do you watch it? You can watch it on Peacock. Just download it and just keep it until the Olympics come back. (laughs) I mean, I have to say, like, I I feel as though uh, this is a thing that a lot of people don't don't understand fully, right? Like, mm-hmm. like even with um, our friend Keisha's show, Astronomy Club, and uh, and with Black Lady Sketch Show, and like the it's important, and like uh, fresh off the boat, like all of the shows, like where you as a white list, I'm talking to my white people here, by the way, just FYI, <laughs> you as a white sure. person in this in this world, here's here is it a thing you can do. When a show or a piece of entertainment pops up and it is not specifically made for you, I challenge you to make sure that you 100% don't miss it because it's just a question of like numbers. It's just a numbers game, right? Like we're just all about, it's like all about selling soap. So we need to support people's creative endeavors in order to get more people the opportunity to have create I don't know am I is that right no it makes sense yeah because you know the reason why these (laughs) you know the reason why shows in the past the reason why these shows in the past have fallen is because networks are will be very quick to say like oh it didn't reach the audience that we were hoping and the reason it doesn't reach the audience they're hoping instantly is because it's a new thing and so it's like this vicious never-ending cycle of like we're gonna give a woman a shot but then if it doesn't catch on in six months she's done and then next time a woman wants a shot we'll say oh it didn't work out last time and so you know in order to ever have any change in this industry, you have to just get on it. You can't Mm -hmm. wait. You have to get on it. You have to consume it. And in the case of like watching something that's made by and maybe for women as a guy or watching something that's made by people that 
look different than you. That's like, that's such a gift. It's such a gift of perspective. It's such a free education for you to like broaden your horizons. And OPS, we've been watching fucking shit that's made for and by men for so many years. Like if we wanted to watch anything, that's what we had to watch. And we had to like laugh along. And, you know, even though knowing that, well, we're not the intended audience for this, but it's like what we get, it's good enough, you know? So when women are given an opportunity, you have have to get on it. Yeah. I agree with what these white ladies say. <laughs> um, well, now don't quote me on that. <laughs> you, you just you you just have to add like these specific white ladies yeah. in this specific in this, moment, exact this one moment. time. I do not want to yeah. see a fan cam of this in 2028. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh. Um, no just, Um we have a little bit of advice. We have a question with some advice about friendships, which is cute. I like it. Oh, speaking of which, one of my oldest friends, Christine, Chrissy B. Chrissy, uh, Shantira, she cannot stop texting me about how she's like obsessed with you now and feels like Aww. you're her best friend. And I really have to agree. I feel like uh, you're connecting in a way with a lot of people and I am just here for it. I'm here for, I mean, people knowing how I love bread and I have nice nail bits. What else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's not it. Phoebe. It's that you're fucking hilarious. And that you have like wonderful hot takes, but also so much heart and so much love. And like, I just want to say I'm, very, very proud of you. And I'm so happy Thank that you so we get much. to share your light with everybody that is listening to this podcast. I'm just like, that really means so much to me because I love y'all. And if, you know, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah. I love you I know. Yeah. Believe me, I know. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't like them. <laughs> but also, like, in the original concept of busy tonight why we wanted to have like the writers on the couch was because of like this kind of thing that we would have in the writer's room and unfortunately like what ends up happening obviously as we know is that like you know you only end up getting a minute and a half or whatever at the top of the show so like it would be like we would have these amazing, hilarious conversations. And then I'd be like, okay, Shantira, you have to just say this one line. Like, you know, cause we couldn't, we didn't have time yeah. right. to like really have the moment, you know? But now we do. And, and it's very and nice. now we do. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to this advice. Guys, what do you think though? Do I, should I not say her name? Because it's like very, you know what I mean? Don't say your name. Just say, just say, say her name. first name. Okay. Marion. Marion. Wait, is that the song? No, what is it? I don't want to pay royalties. Marion. <laughs> what is that's a song that my mom or my grandma used to sing, like from a musical. Something with Marion. Marion. Oh, Mary. Wait, is it from the music man? Somebody? I'm acting as if someone at home is talking and I can hear you. And I'm like, wait, is it from the music man? Because someone at home. Somebody is, will. It is, and it's probably my mom. And she's like, busy. No, it's not the music, man. It's pajama game. Anyway, all right. <laughs> if you know what that song is that I don't know that has the name Marion in it, let me know. Like or comment. <laughs> Subscribe below. Okay. Marion says, I love the podcast so much. This is exactly what I needed this year. Thank you for making me laugh. Oh, Marion. 
You're welcome. All right, back to the letter. I've been thinking a lot about my friendships lately. I think this is a pivot moment in my social life and I need your advice. I have a group of girlfriends that seem not to care about me. They hardly text me or invite me over. Last week, I was looking forward to having them over to talk and complain a little bit like you do with your girlfriends, right? I'm a teacher and the beginning of the year in two new schools has been really tough. During the evening, they didn't ask me one single question about my new job. They don't even know where I work. I started convincing myself that I wasn't worthy of questions and attention. Do you think this friendship has to stop? I find it really hard to make new friends in my 30s. And I guess that's one of the reasons I'm clinging to that group. I'm so afraid of being alone. How do I meet new people who care? How do I have strong friendships like you seem to have? I wish I were American up. This explains the school thing. So I could be in one of the group chats. Love from France, Marion. So Marion's writing to us from France. It's not Marion Cotillard. I just feel like I should say that. (laughs) What if it was though? (laughs) Marion, first of all, I want to say I'm so sorry this is happening to you because of like whatever the reasons are. It just has to be a really sucky feeling, especially at this time in the world. So I just want to say I'm sorry that I, my heart goes out to you. Yeah, it's really hard. No matter what age you are, the feeling of loneliness is something I think that transcends age, <laughs> gender, <laughs> class. I think that um, the relationships that we build with people um, are so important. And if you feel like they've changed in a way that <laughs> leaves you lonely, it could be very hurtful. I, I yeah. think one thing I will say is that um, Obviously, I don't know your friendships, but one of the things for my friendships that I, as I've gotten older, have gotten less really close friends is this, the ability to be very transparent about my feelings and not being afraid that my friends will um, be mad at me about it. So I I would uh, maybe talk to your friends openly about your feelings, about how you are feeling and have a discussion, and hopefully that can change the way you guys interact in the future. Okay, first of all, here's another thing we could put on a shirt. It's always good to remember that almost nothing is personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and that just, I'm just saying that as in everybody is walking around carrying their own shit that they're not even thinking about your shit. And so the way that they're acting towards you or about a thing that you're going through or whatever might not have to personally do with you. You don't know until you have these conversations. I had a very close friend in the last couple of years and I felt the same. I felt like really unsupported by this person and bummed, like really sad. And also like, oh, I guess this person and I are not friends anymore. And maybe this person doesn't care about me and I was wrong this whole time. And I asked them to lunch and at lunch I said, hey, look, whatever, I know you have a lot going on. Like we all have our lives, right? But I, my feelings have been really hurt. Like I felt really hurt and I feel like you don't care about what's happening in my life and you don't want to call and check in and you don't 
you never came to see my show film. And like, I don't know. I just, these things are important to me. And I just am really feeling sad. And like, if you don't have room in your life for me, like, okay, that's another conversation, I guess. Like, I, then I know at least, or if I did something, then at least I know. And they were so like owned it. Listen, I had like the best case scenario in response, right? Like they owned it. They were like, I've been going through all this stuff. I felt this way. I felt like you this way. And I was able to respond. And like, we came through it and like closer and things are good. And we've like repaired our friendship and we worked, have been like working our way back. But had I not done that, I would have just sat in this really like weird place of feeling really insecure and like, they didn't care about me at all when that wasn't the case. There was like a whole lot of extenuating circumstances and other things going on. So Marion, I do think that I know the feeling it is really terrible. And I, and I think you should think about like, if there's one person you're maybe closer to in the group of friends that you could reach out to and just say like, and don't throw anyone else under the bus. Just say like, this is my experience. And I feel with you personally, I, I just like, I just wouldn't do it like all like a group of people and you bring it up. I would do it one-on-one with people. Don't you think guys? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think what busy and Shantira are suggesting is really healthy to have a conversation, but also like sometimes I'm a fan of a little bit of like gentle, passive aggression. So you might not even... (laughs) (laughs) you might not even have to have a conversation next time you're with your friends. Don't wait for them to ask how you're doing. Just say, Oh, you guys, you know what I wanted to talk about? My job is really hard right now. And here's what's happening. This, 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 and this, and then see how they respond to that. Are, does that make them like, does that make their ears perk up and be like, Oh, this is something that she wants to talk about. So this is opening a conversation. And now I will ask her a few questions or is it just that, they shut you down and they don't really listen and don't really react when you're upfront about your feelings without waiting to be asked. Because if that's the case, then your friends are shitty. Yeah. And that sucks. That does suck. And here's, okay. And then second part, because I get to ask this all the time. So let's just like do a little brainstorm sesh and then we got to go because this episode has been too long anyway, but we love you guys. And it's been a hard week and we're just like doing our best. All right. <laughs> um, and we'll be back next Wednesday and you can email us at busy doing her best at gmail.com. Um, if you need advice or if you need some support or if you want to tell me or Casey or Shantira, anything in particular, like how much you love us, that would be great. <laughs> um, how do you meet like friends as an adult? People ask me this all the time. Like when I do interviews, they're like, can you write an article about how to make adult friends? You've made so many friends as an adult, like, or you seem to have so many close friends. I think that for me, being V open with people is one way. Like I'm very open immediately, sort of like in workout classes, in grocery stores <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in parks with my kids. I will talk. I got this from, this is from my mother. This is like, and this is a skill also that's like not everyone is great at and I get it. So if you're not one of the people who 
just strikes up conversations. And sometimes people think it's like odd. I'm not going to lie. Like people have looked at me like, why is the lady in the grocery store talking to me? (laughs) Nothing to say to her about Chex Mix. Chex Mix is not a sponsor of this show, but (laughs) but they could be. They could be if they played their cards, right? General Mills, we love you. Um, (laughs) uh, But so... So, you know, but I, I like sort of my vibe has always been, I feel like Shantira, you're really outgoing. I feel like Casey, you're really outgoing too. So I feel like for the three of us kind of like barreling through the awkwardness is a little bit how I've been able to like make friendships as an adult. But with some of my like friends that are quieter, I have noticed taking classes Taking a class. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I I like, and there's all kinds, it does not have to be exercise if that is not your vibe. Like there are like painting and wine classes. There are like learn how to, I just passed, um, here in New York, I just passed a little florist. Obviously they don't have them now because COVID, but it was like weekly flower arrangement classes. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many ways I took, uh, one year I took a cake decorating class when I was pregnant with cricket. Um, and I met lovely people in that. So I just feel like, like think about what your interests are and then see if there's a class. My friend, uh, candy was always joining like adult intramural, uh, teams like bowling and softball and, like, but like not competitive, not like people who are really good at it, like beginner level sports teams where you just get like thrown onto a team. Yeah. I took um, a woodworking she- class. Uh, that was really fun. My partner took a bread baking class. Uh, but I think busy classes are really great. And you can, they're doing online classes now to be a zoom because you already know that you have something in common with these people because you paid money to do it. So I think that that is an right. icebreaker right there. I was going to say, really I took, nice. I took a millinery class, which will get you a very specific type of friend. <laughs> <laughs> I so, bet a millinery lady that's that <laughs> yes and she's friends she's, York. she's friends with my friend I meant to tell you that see this is what I'm telling you I'm like very big in millinery circles <laughs> Wait, you know because what? of also, that class. also uh my friend Lynn uh she also is a milliner and makes hats well it seems like we know what kind of class you need to take <laughs> It's obviously a hat class, right? Also, you're in, if you're French, that's you're right. French. If you're fucking alley, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Marianne, I hope that we helped you a little bit, but also we just want to say we love you. We're sending you our best. Let's like, when I, I had a dream, I was going to France last night. Actually, I had a dream that my family home alone to me and left me. In France? And that, no. It, in oh. America and they got on the plane and went to France and I was like trying to buy toiletries in the airport because I had forgotten my toothbrush and then I was like I don't even know what time this plane leaves I should call Mark and I called and it went straight to voicemail and then I got out my ticket but you know how you can't really read on in dreams. when you're in a dream like you yeah. can't look at numbers and dreams yeah and I couldn't really read it and somebody I showed it to someone and they were like oh that plane, that departure time is right now. And I was like, oh my God, he turned his phone off because they're on the plane and they're going to France. <laughs> and I was left behind. 
Anyway, when we come to France, Marion, we expect hats from you, an introduction to your three new lady friends who will ask us all how we're doing, and some other French shit. And we'll we'll also be your we'll also be your friends in France. And we'll be your yeah. Friends. Okay, you guys. Again, we love you. We love you. We'll be back next Wednesday. Email us, uh, busy doing her best at gmail.com. Follow our Instagram at BP is doing her best. But um, also subscribe to the podcast. That's the most important thing. Oh, right. That is the most important thing. Will you tell people to do that too? Like, will you just take people's phones and get them to subscribe? I was going to suggest that yeah. talking about passive aggression. Please go if you're if you're going to let your kids have devices, go on their phones and subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> do it to your parents as well. It just again talking about how we support things and how we keep them going. That's how we keep this going if we want it to keep going. Yes, and smash the, that subscribe button, please. Smash the subscribe button. Smash your children. Subscribe button. Smash your husband. Subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> on Busy Clothes is doing her best. And honestly, your husband maybe maybe is gonna like it. You I know? hope so. Maybe he'll we're, listen to it. We're nice ladies. So <laughs> um okay, that's our plea for a thing that we clearly don't really understand fully, but we <laughs> would enjoy being able to continue to do this. So um I guess we uh need you to subscribe. We love you guys. We love you. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. 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 I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best. Oh, no.